You are listening to the forecast from Four Fields of Anfield Road, the world's international LFC podcast. We talk about expectation now. There does seem to be a, outside the club growing expectation on Liverpool to win the Premier League this year because you've, you've invested well in the squad. And but it's been a long time. There seems to be a lot of emotion around Liverpool winning the, the, the Premier League or the Champions League. How do you manage the expectation on your players to deliver this season? Since I'm in, that's always the same, actually. I don't think it's a big difference, only that now people maybe, um, from they hoped it already, always that it will happen, or maybe they believe a little bit more in it, but it doesn't, doesn't change the situation. Yes, our job is to, to improve the team every year, to improve the football every year, and if you do that, then the chances become bigger, but, it's, um, but the thing is that the other teams don't sleep. We have to use the potential and make quality of it. That's how it is, and that works in different ways. That's on the training pitch, that's in the dressing room, that's um, on the stands and all that stuff. So it's um, it's about us. What do we do with that with that um, basis? But um, nothing is decided now. That means as well that everything is possible. And so let's try and go for everything. Welcome to The Forecast. The Forecast is an official podcast of four fields of Anfield Road. We are at www.foresight.com. A great international community of Reds. My name is Joe, I'm your host for the show. And thank you for joining me. And yes, we can make it if we stick together. Nothing's gonna stop us now. Nothing's going to stop us, Liverpool Football Club, in the 2018-2019 season that kicks off tomorrow. But of course, we play on uh, Sunday, the first game uh, against uh, West Ham United. Lots of um, expectations, a lot of high hopes um, on the team, on the club. Um, of course, I talked about uh, a lot about that um, in the show before this, um, as I reviewed the uh, Liverpool game against uh, Torino at Anfield, the last preseason game that we beat them 3-1 at Anfield. 
Uh, we had a great preseason, of course. Uh, only one loss that was against uh, Borussia Dortmund. Uh, we had a great show. If you haven't listened to it, um, do check that show out. Um, great conversation with my uh, partner in crime. Um, I call him uh, uh, my fellow European collaborator. Of course, he's not European, but he had a great German accent. He's American, Pretty Smith, my great friend, uh, great collaborator and partner in crime. So if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that. Uh, but this show, this show is a, it's a different one. We're going to be previewing... Um, the, all the top teams uh, in the 2018-2019 season um, and we're going to be also be talking about some of the stuff that's been happening in the transfer window which looks like it's going to be really boring um, probably four hours or a little, little bit under four hours left before the transfer window closes uh, this of course the transfer window closes in England for the Premier League uh, but not for the rest of Europe which still closes on the 31st of August so I'm not sure who in their right minds voted for this to happen um, but hey, but once again, on the show, I am not alone. Uh, I have uh, two guests. Well, I've got three guests with me. Hopefully the third one stays online. Uh, but first, um, welcome back and say hi, Vaishak. Hello, guys. Nice to be back. Good to have you back, man. When was the last time I had you on the show? Months and months. Yeah, like totally <laughs> months, months. sometimes yeah, at the end of last season it. i guess yeah yeah not we we didn't really we but we didn't have a, we didn't have a podcast i didn't have a podcast with you in, in during the preseason anyway so uh, that was one thing um but um also i want to welcome uh, our newcomer first time ever on a four uh, uh podcast say hi sakif hi everyone this is sakif it's good to be here Good to have you, mate. Um, as I do, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been a Liverpool supporter, how you came to support the club um, and stuff like that? It all began when I was in ninth grade. That's when we started following, watching football. Mm-hmm. So it's been like more than 11 years and that I've been a Red. 11 years? So it's a hell of a journey. I haven't seen us lift uh, the 2-1-5 Champions League final. The only trophy I've seen us lift is the Carling Cup we won. I'm waiting. <laughs> well, you're not the only one. Uh, a lot of people are waiting uh, for us to uh, climb back on that perch and get that Premier League title again. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe this coming season will be the one. Maybe. Um, okay, let's um, get right into it, guys. Um, let's let's look at. Um, you know, uh, let's look at previewing this this uh, season ahead. Um, but, but particular focus, of course, looking at the big six, okay, the top six. Um, of course, we we don't have we only have an hour, so we can't look at everybody. Uh, but let's just look at the, look at the big six. Um, okay, let me. Usually, you know, I I would ask you I would ask your predictions uh, towards the end. But I'm perhaps I'm going to do this upfront this time around, uh, and then just get some context setting um, out of the way. Um, let's start with you, Vaishak. Um, how do you see the top six placings for next season? Uh, well, as much as I hate to say it, I guess um, City will edge us out in winning the league. So it's City uh, as the champions, us as the runners-up, and then Spurs in third. Um, I'll give Arsenal the fourth place, and then comes United, and finally at the end of the pile is Chelsea, because they have a new manager. So I think they'll have to do more catching up, you know, uh, to his idea of playing his style of playing so Chelsea at the bottom City at the top and us come in a close second but fingers crossed okay since you predicted City to, to finish first um, you're off the show thank you for joining good night 
<laughs> just joking, just joking. I, but I'll, I'll open the trap door later in the show. Okay. Uh, uh, okay, Sake. How about you? Yeah, so I, I, I too hate it, but it looks very close. The city is going to edge it off us because we are well placed to finish second. Although there are multiple factors, I think this talk along the show, which will decide, especially the start, how we start the season is going to be really important. Mm-hmm. And the talk, to, I think most of the same. So I hope we really edge them out. And going the next third spot again, I would like to go with uh, Spurs finishing third. And I think Chelsea will claw back to finish fourth. Mm-hmm. Still have a title squad, most of it at least. And they have a terrific manager in Sari who might take a few months to settle in. Mm-hmm. But in the way United and Arsenal at the moment, they'll have enough time to pinch it at the end. So then I expect United to finish fifth and Arsenal to finish sixth. Okay, so both of you have City to, in, in number one. And both of you have Liverpool number two, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, now, um, um, maybe if I could give you one, tell me one reason why uh, both of you think City will finish first. Just one reason. So, okay, if I have to go first then the reason mainly being they know how to do it so our biggest reason being we haven't done it in a while this bunch of people uh, okay. we don't have a people have won before mm-hmm. all comes down to factors such as you know form how we handle those crunch moments okay. so as we all know Klopp is definitely has the know-how but the team is not the same thing as City okay so okay so basically you said you, your, your, your conclusion is they, you, you place them to, to be the champions again because they've done it before right Okay, uh, Vaisha? Um, um, it's, it's going, going to be a 90-point league. league. So, in that regard, City has more depth, a little bit more depth than us to achieve those 90 points. And if we are to pick City to top spot, then we have to get a bit lucky with injuries. In that, you know, all our players should stay fit. Something similar to what Leicester you know, had when they won the title. So, we need a bit of luck. So, that's why. Okay, fair points. Um, but let me ask you this. Uh, you, you you mentioned two things there. Depth and you mentioned um, uh, luck with injuries, right? Okay. Yeah. Why can't these factors also be affecting Manchester City? Why do they need to be affecting us only? No, it can affect City, but I'm like, you know, saying over the years we have been a tad bit unlucky with, you know, injuries and, you know, those uh, specific games where we failed to win, you know, so that we could, uh, you know, uh, get our hands on the title. Mm-hmm. In that regard, City has more recent experience of winning the title in 14 and uh, now last season. Mm-hmm. So, in that regard, they have. A much um, they have experienced players who've been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have that at the moment, but mm-hmm. we certainly can do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, edging a bit over City, but mm-hmm. you know, I I'll be the you know first person to laugh when City implodes. <laughs> so yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, 
I'm like I'm hoping I'm like I don't know I'm too super superstitious to do something you know to give us luck maybe sacrifice a goat or something like that. <laughs> I'm, yeah, totally. It has it has definitely crossed my mind like you know to do something like that and you know I'm really open to any ideas and suggestions that would help us you know get that little bit of extra luck because we do have the talent and we will give City a run for their money. and also like a uh, couple of points you told regarding 90 points right so how i see it as is normally if you look at all the statistics a post world cup year generally are seen a lower tally for a league winner so that should definitely play it in our hands play to a hand so that has one advantage to it as well as depth obviously they obviously have a lot more depth than we do but again they have failed to replace yaya to the which means fernandinho and probably gundogan will play in the defensive mid holding midfielder role so that is where they failed to strengthen which pep wanted to do and their defense still remains the same they haven't added to it which definitely does not make them the strongest there is so that is where we definitely have an advantage so our whole focus is dependent on how we react to the different situations we face across the season not in terms of just matches but chasing leads or even chasing points how many points we have I just sacrificed the goat for you right there in case you don't know. <laughs> Thanks man, you made up my day. <laughs> I hope you're happy right now. I've got like a ton of blood. I've got a pint of blood all over my screen and on my desk. <laughs> okay, um um okay, so but both of you think that if there's any one team that can stop this Man City uh juggernaut, it's a It's going to be us. Okay, why? So when it comes to why, uh, let's take the remaining teams who are competing. Mm-hmm. First thing, let's take out. So United are the closest in terms of squad and having the players, mm-hmm. even the pedigree to win titles. But then it is Mourinho's third season we're talking about, and all the usual signs are already there. Mm-hmm. They're looking set to implode despite having such a squad, and they're still looking after signing more defenders. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to Arsenal, so Arsenal is Unai Emery's first season in the Premier League. So same with Chelsea. So when they have to negotiate that difficult December is where normally they struggle. Right. When had this problem in the first season. Right. The Christmas period. So those two teams, Chelsea will take a lot of time to adjust to Sarri football because they have never played this style of football ever. Literally since Mourinho took over in 2004, five and Abraham Ishara. Right. Right. The lot of Jorginho is a very good signing in that regard, but Restall is going to take time for them to gel into that. Mm-hmm. And Spurs have really not strengthened. Yes, they maintained their core, their players, but then they have not strengthened to put up a title mm-hmm. fight. And again, Pochettino does not have the know-how in that regard. So we might not have won a title in the wrong time. Mm-hmm. But the players and we definitely have the manager and we have the momentum with us. But once we are not underdogs for sure in terms of winning matches. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Pochettino, uh, obviously publicly, he's. Um, Uh, said that he's happy, um, you know, with, with with how it's going so far with regards to this uh, transfer window. Um, he says, um, "Wait, hold on. I can just play this for one second if I can just uh, find it. Where was it? I just saw it. Damn. Um, yeah, he was actually." <clears throat> 
Yeah, he said um, it is so difficult right now. Only four hours to the ga- to the end until the game finishes. You can't say it is the end of the game, but in four hours it will be uh, difficult to 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 sign players. Um, but of course, Spurs are not the only ones uh, not to have signed anyone. So to to Pochettino, it's it's not a biggie. Uh, they of course have the stadium uh, expansion as well, the new stadium. So uh, lots of funds are being poured into that. Um, and basically, he says he's a ha- he's ha- was happy to keep all the squad together. There were many rumors during the summer about players going out, uh, and they kept Harry Kane, they, they kept Ali, um, and he said that it is difficult to understand for people in football that Spurs didn't sign or didn't sell players. But sometimes in football, you need to behave uh, different. We're happy with our squad, and we cannot improve our squad. Uh, it is better to keep our squad all together. We believe a lot in our players. Blah 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 blah. Is this all a lot of bravado tr- talk from Pochettino, Vaishak? Actually, you see through that he's actually quite disappointed, or anybody be quite disappointed. Yeah, totally, man. Like, uh, no matter, no matter, like, or irrespective of how a club does a particular season, they will need to strengthen their squad for the upcoming season. Like, you know, it doesn't matter if you know any of the other clubs have signed someone or not. You have to improve your own squad so that you can push on from your previous finish mm-hmm. in that regard every owner will be you know looking to um, you know give their uh, uh, squads uh, funds but you know since right, Tottenham right. are in moving to a new stadium and they are like you know short on funds because of that and with that regard uh, Pochettino is, will definitely be disappointed in that you know he couldn't at least sign you know maybe a couple of quality plays because mm-hmm. uh, I I think uh, Son is going to the Asian Games as uh, mm-hmm. part of the uh, yeah co- South Korean squad mm-hmm. um, so I think they'll miss him for the start of the season and you know they have to replace his um, goal prowess and his attacking skills um, but they have not really replaced uh, him with anyone or they have not bought anyone mm-hmm. so like you know I think Spurs will, in the short run, will do an Arsenal, you know. After they moved to Emirates, they went on a barren spell. So, I can see that happening with Spurs, you know. Um, they may, Harry Kane or uh, Ericsson will probably move on in a couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. This is also a current season for them. In that, if they don't win anything, mm-hmm. yeah, they can very well bid goodbye to most of their star players. Uh, yeah, yeah, this I finally got the video. Uh, let me just play this, uh, what Pochettino was saying. Regarding Jack Grealish, we're hearing that Villa won't sell and, and that Tottenham won't make another offer. Is that your understanding of the situation? Do you know, I don't like to talk about the, the players that are in another team. Um, it's many rumours during the season, during sorry, during the transfer window. Um, I think it's, uh, it's no point to, to talk um, about players um, that are in, uh, in another club. Um, I am happy with the squad, I am happy with the player. Um, you know, I think always is. It's about to um, to be right in your uh, in your judgment, in your uh, possibilities. In, in of course, working hard to try to um, to improve our squad. But uh, when it's not possible, it's not possible. Um, we need to move on and um, and believe and believe in, in in our player and believe in in the way that we work and and of course uh, being competitive. And I no doubt that we are going to be competitive. We- Okay, 
So that's it. Uh, 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 I don't know whether you, you guys could hear that or not. Uh, did you guys hear that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, past few seasons, of course, Spurs have. Um, let's continue to stick on Spurs. Let's let's be the, the Spurs be the first team that we would look at from the top six. Okay. Um, uh, Spurs have actually fin- finishing above Liverpool uh, for some time now. Um, but both of you reckon that this is the first time after I'm not sure how many years now, but uh, Liverpool are going to finish ahead of Spurs. Um, do you not think um, that keeping a squad together? Um, is an advantage rather than introduction of new teams. Were they were they actually lacking in some areas that they needed to strengthen, but they but they didn't. Like for example, for example, um, Elder Rural was actually linked um, to to Manchester United. Uh, I don't think any deal like I'm not seeing anything deal like that happening. Uh, no one wants to sign for United. But we're going to get to that later in the show. But um, so they kept most of their players. So that's a good thing, right? Yeah, so that is a, obviously a very good thing, especially from a Liverpool perspective. We always struggle to keep our players. Yeah. This season, so and also they still keeping Alderweireld once again, and the fit Alderweireld gives him the chance to go back to his favorite back three. Yeah. With David Sanchez, Sanchez, which makes them a really good team. But now they are looking like they're going to lose Danny Rose on loan to Schalke. Mm-hmm. So one signing they're letting the player go. Mm-hmm. So it's not about like how good the squad is. Their first eleven is as good as any. Mm-hmm. They always struggle to, you know, seize the big moments. Right. When they finished third, the two seasons back, mm-hmm. next season they're going to kick on, but they did not. They again had issues, and then handling Champions League football. Mm-hmm. Um, one guy that really did for well for them in the World Cup was um, uh, Trippier, right back, Kieran Trippier. I thought he was um, one of the stars of England in the World Cup. Actually, I was very very impressed with him. Um, uh, 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 Maguire as well. Uh, well, he's obviously not from Spurs, but uh, Trippier, Maguire, uh, uh, Hendo when he played, uh, they were all very, very good. But I think I was most impressed with Trippier. I think, and of course, um, um, what's that? What's that goalkeeper name again? It's an Everton player, right? Oh, oh, Fucking, we don't want to talk uh, about that. <laughs> no, we don't talk about Everton. Pickford. Sorry. Pickford. Pickford. Yeah, no, we're not going to be talking about Everton players on our show. <laughs> Yeah. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, there was a there was a rumor um, that Trippier would move would move to Real Madrid, Juventus, or PSG. Is all rubbish stuff. But obviously, that none of that's happened. Uh, Harry Kane also rumored to to have left, but he's t- uh, been tied down as well. Um, but of course, the fans are not so pleased with that. Uh, they've been very anxious. They've been uh, no one has joined. Right? They've signed no one. <laughs> they signed no one, yeah. So it's interesting. Um, and as I said, they are moving into a one point five uh, billion, uh, well, at least in my currency, uh, stadium, sixty-two thousand seat stadium, uh, this season. Um, and you remember what actually happened when um, Arsenal, okay, when Arsenal um, uh, moved from Highbury to 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 the to Emirates, the Emirates Stadium in twenty o six. Uh, and they were actually hamstrung in the transfer market for a couple of seasons. Remember that? Yeah, of course. How can I forget it? Yeah, so basically yes. it's the same thing. It's the same thing now happening to the to this other London club. Mm, yeah, I think so because you have to pay off the uh, money that you borrowed for, to build the stadium. So I think they'll have to sell off some of their star players in the coming windows, mm-hmm. you know. 
like probably you know i think the first one to move on will be either harry kane or erickson because you know let's 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 be honest the only prize that harry kane will win at spurs is a golden boot and <laughs> as long as as long as mo salah is in the premier league he's not even going to win that too <laughs> so uh, for that i think he'll either move abroad maybe to Spain, preferably to Real Madrid, or maybe he'll do a Michael Carrick and move to Man United. Mm-hmm. But we have to, yeah, we have to wait and see what ha- happens after this season. Maybe Spurs will, you know, mm-hmm. decline in a, a linear or you know, in a perfectly smooth path <coughs> to where where they were before. You know, mm-hmm. uh, like they were a mid-table team. They didn't, uh, they hardly finished in the top four. Mm-hmm. So. I think they'll go back to being what they usually are a mid-table team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, it's the, the cruelest uh, cut from you, Vaishan. <laughs> um, they did buy someone uh, back in January, uh, Lucas Mora from PSG, um, and oh. uh, yeah, so he he looks to have settled in uh, quite well. Uh, he looks to be playing quite okay in preseason as well and they probably need to get that combination with Christian Eriksen um, so that's about that's about it for them um, really uh, title is definitely out for them uh, but I think for the Spurs fans um, I think it would be fair to say that they would be they would be happy with any kind of trophy because they don't have that either because see it seems like finishing above Liverpool is their trophy <laughs> yeah they keep trying to you know bring that up every time they argue with a Liverpool fan like it's as if they're like they're trying to create a rivalry with us just like Man City is trying to create a rivalry with us but we just don't care we really don't care about those two teams mm-hmm. because we already like you know we already have a rivalry with a small blue club Mm-hmm. And we already have a rivalry with the club from London, so you know. Yeah. yeah. As far as we are concerned, we don't need more. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Let's go back to. We started this with Manchester City. Let's go back to Manchester City now. We'll we we'll move on. Move on from Spurs. Okay. Go back. Go back to Manchester City. Uh, they si- signed uh, Riyad Mahrez um, from Leicester City. Of course, Mahrez that um, long. Uh, soap opera of a transfer he'd been wanting out and finally he, he left for his so-called dream club I mean I guess nowhere who, the club that bought him would be would be his dream club I suppose I, I don't know <laughs> just kind of a cynic in this aspect but okay they signed him um, he's been he looks okay-ish um, during preseason at least for the times that I've seen him uh, they signed Claudio uh, Gomez from um, uh, PS um, PSG uh, Claudio Gomez, he's a DM, isn't he? Um, yeah. Quite young guy. He's a very young guy, 18 years old. Uh, yeah, like, uh, I think that's one for the future, I suppose. Yeah, they signed another one for the future, a uh, guy called Philippe Sandler um, from Peck, a, a, a team called, a club called Peck's Wall. Um, and he's quite, he's quite uh, young as well as a, as a Dutch uh, player. Uh, and then the third um, uh, young player that they bought, and this guy, he's I think I, I think he's got a really really bright future. Is um, Daniel Lazani from Melbourne City, um, and they bought him, and they immediately loaned him out to somewhere. What did they loan him to? 
uh, Celtic. So they bought him um, and, 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 and they immediately loaned him to, to, to uh, Celtic. So if, I don't, I'm not sure whether you know, are you familiar with Daniel Azani, both of you? Um, I think Arzani's Iranian or something like that. Yeah, but um, I mean Aussie, of course. I mean he's uh, Aussie and he's like their great white, great white hope in a way. <laughs> Pun the loose use of that term. Uh, but he's 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 a cracking player. Um, uh, didn't really see much of him in the World Cup. Um, but yeah, I, I, I he failed to register for me. Like this is the first time that I'm hearing of him. Like I did uh, hear that the NOCT signed someone like him, mm-hmm. but you know I I failed to see you know the impact that he made during the World Cup. Maybe he like you know since they bought it from Melbourne City, which is a sister club for you know Man City. The, so I think you know he must have been a good player. You know mm-hmm. they developed players for City at. Melbourne City and New York City and you know yeah. so I think you know some of the managers or scouts must have recommended him you know so um, besides from that like uh, I still think he's also one for the future and the only thing that I'm concerned with that city is Riyad Mahrez because um, he is good he's definitely good he'll definitely improve a team you know and uh, there was this I was like reading this the other day mm-hmm. there were like stat comparisons between um Mahrez and Hazard and mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like almost identical. Both were previous player of the year winners and, and they won the title and all. So getting Mahrez for that much, that amount of money, I think Hazard will go for a much bigger money. Yep. But getting Mahrez for that amount and he's a proper backup and he will be happy to remain as a backup and mm-hmm. as long as he's getting paid and you know he can get maybe you know one or two winners medals along the way, I think he'll be happy. But um, like City does not did not need to improve much on all their areas. They did that during Pep's second season, and they're all, you know, well suited and well equipped to, you know, for the defense of the title. So, yeah, I think, you know, Marius can chip in maybe, you know, a few goals and mm-hmm. assists from midfield, he will. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll, it's an added bonus to have him, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because, well, yeah. I guess they're, uh, in, in a way, you could call it their new signing, uh, you know, open and close. Uh, Marks um, is actually Benjamin Mendy who's back. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, as you know, he, he, he was um, injured uh, last year, end of last year, September, I think, August, mm-hmm. September time. <clears throat> um, and he basically, uh, and that was just soon after he joined the club, and then he, 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 you know, he got that injury and basically didn't play any part. Uh, and then now he's back. Um, he's made. He's he's looked very decent. I mean, he's been. He was very good in Monaco, um, and uh, he's shown some very good form uh, for City uh, in in preseason. And uh, he's basically effectively like their their new signing, isn't it? He's world. He's world class, isn't he, Saka? Yeah, he is. Like you know, I remember this game, our first game against City, where we, you know, we did not win. Let's put it like that. Mm-hmm. Where he, uh, you know, the trend went up against Mendy on the wing, and Mendy just basically, you know, like, yeah, mm-hmm. took the life out of the young guy. So he was like really good, you know. Yeah. City had. I was like, you know, wow, like City bought a decent 
full back and you know mm-hmm. it'll be too 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 uh, how do you call it too good to get past him like i think you know like okay we played every beach city after that mm-hmm. uh, you know defeat that jerry had but i think had mendy been playing for city it could have been a difference <clears throat> for them you know when you know when you can trent is obviously one of our you know uh, weak links but you know as as good as he is mm-hmm. i think mendy is much a uh, better player so you know he'll he'll probably get the better of trent so had mendy been present on you know on uh, the other three games that we played against city um mm-hmm. results would not have been different but you know yeah city it would have been a much closer games you know the champions league games especially so i think it's a boost for city yeah real boost um okay sakath um do you think that um okay firstly we know that winning back to back titles is notoriously difficult uh in the premier league especially you know uh, in in this modern era era okay uh the last team to do it was actually manchester united and that was in 2008 2009 right um and um at the same time we know um that pep guardiola um th- th- he he wants that one one trophy that continues to elude him okay and that's the champions league okay so Ch- pep has not won the champions league since 2011 okay so i'm sure he will be hungry to win t- the champions league uh, once again okay do you think that that desire for pep for that champions league um and not only for himself but of course for Manchester City i mean uh in in many ways um the the uh, champions league is seen as a proxy for some credibility uh european street cred um do you think that will cause it to him to lose focus again in the premier league and open the door for us for pep i think you know i've always thought that his legacy would be much more you know um good or great if he wins the champions league look he did it at barcelona and he you know twice but that was how do you call it they had a much more talented squad than cities so i think uh, he was when he went to bayern it was not because bayern couldn't win the bundesliga because they win it like you know yeah every season but it was for you know bayern to win the champions league and his time at bayern was considered a failure because he couldn't you know get them to win the champions league or the he, his bayern side did not even reach mm-hmm. the champions league final so on, it's on that regard uh pep pep is pep was judged and pep will always be judged from now on because you know he he always goes to a club with sound financial backing and winning the league would not be a problem for him mm-hmm. but it is when it comes to european success that he'll be judged on mm-hmm. and it is what you know city owners would want you know because they won almost all the other trophies they could and it is that one piece of silverware which they would want to win and i think you know pressure is equally on pep as much as you know uh, any of the other top 6 managers to prove himself because he has to win the champions league at city for him to be considered a success at city mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, um uh, Klopp actually mentioned this in one in a recent interview that you know it's better instead of winning one game 5-0 is better to win five games 1-0. Um so 
that's probably what Liverpool need to do. They just need to to grind out results, even when. Obviously, we know Liverpool. Uh, we're going to be talking about them, of course, in in greater uh, depth and detail uh, a bit later. But uh, we know that they play very exciting football, very scintillating football, and very pleasing on the eye. A lot of a lot of I say probably neutrals probably want us to do very well, apart from us and, and and City. But they really want us to do well because you know we play football with such an um, an abandon, you know, with such joy. Uh, it's how it should should play, unlike some other Manchester clubs uh, club um, but you know it's it's difficult to keep that up throughout the course of an entire season so Liverpool are going to need to find a way to actually go to grind out you know against those teams that set back low defensive blocks we've, been, we've seen all of this before uh, they know how to stifle us very very well and they're going to continue this pattern uh, against us right uh, yeah, definitely. That's the one thing that, you know, uh, lower bottom place teams or mid-table teams, you know, like Man United will try to do against us because, you know, they can't definitely win a head-on, full-on, full head-on fight against us. So, I think we'll have to find a plan B or shot, which uh, we, all of us fans have been moaning for the last few seasons, ever since Klopp took over, that, you know, if we can't find a way past attacking, we need to, you know, employ a different uh, type of, you know, um, uh, uh, different type of tactical approach so that, you know, we can, you know, grab all three points. But this is what, you know, um, I'm saying, like, you know, let's say if nothing's working, yeah. You know, we can bring, we can take on Salah and we can bring on Shakiri. Yep. That kind of that has been missing for quite a long time. Like, yep. I'm like totally, I'm totally happy with this transfer window because we have addressed our lack of depth and mm. you know in quality. Like we bought lots of shit players before. <laughs> you know, no offense to any of the other players. Like I'm reminded of Jovanovic. You oh my god! Me? I was, oh my god! I forgot him. You just reminded me. <laughs> What's wrong like, with you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? What is he going to bring? I remember, you know, in and that was in that first season, you know, uh, our opening game was against Arsenal, and he received a chance to score, and he took the shot, and sadly found the upper of, you know, I think Annie Rodent. Yeah, but mm. this season we have addressed depth quality, like we have. You know, improved our, our squad depth with quality players, and for that reason, I'm pretty sure that he will finish in the top two, guaranteed, guaranteed. Okay, so that's that city out of the way. Uh, that Spurs out of the way. Um, let's look at. Um, let's look at Chelsea. We talked a little, uh, mentioned briefly. Actually, Saket, you mentioned Chelsea a little bit. Uh, we talked about Sari. Was it you or Vaishak? It doesn't matter. Um, okay, so they have very interesting midfield now. Uh, obviously, they signed uh, Jorginho from Napoli, um, a name that has been linked uh, with us and a name, uh, a player that has rejected <laughs> joining Manchester United. No. Uh, no, City. He rejected City, right? He rejected City and to join Chelsea. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And then you have, um, of course, you know, Kante. So then you've got Jorginho. You've got Kante. And they now have Mateo Kovacic from Real Madrid on loan. Now, the funny thing about this one, um, 
is that I thought at first I read that actually they loaned him uh, with no with an option to buy, but now it seems that they actually have no option to buy. Yeah, there's no option to buy is what is going around. Yeah, means uh, Chelsea will have to maybe if he plays really well, then they have to pay an insane amount next summer because Madrid will expect money to go and also Modric's future is up in there, yeah. which might in the coming few days. Yeah. But look at it as a deal for Chelsea in the current scenario. I think it's really good. They don't have to wait to see whether Modric is left with leaving or not. Then maybe Madrid will not be willing to sell him. Mm-hmm. That did not happen. So they got a player. Next summer's problem is next summer's right. Mm-hmm. To getting quality player on loan. So take it. Mm-hmm. However, midfield the problem I see for them is which we had even before mm-hmm. goals from midfield. None of the three midfielders they have provide goals. Mm-hmm. That's true. If we look at the first choice of Jorginho, Kante and Kovacic, the problem is that they don't provide goals. So, it goes a lot on Hazard now. And that's yeah. where uh, I think their season mm. will hinge on finding the striker. That's what I think it will go because uh, Morata is still struggling to find his feet. All this head seems alright. Mm-hmm. So, he is still struggling to find his feet and personally think uh, Michi Batshuayi is the best player for them in terms of playing Sari style of football. He's closer to Mertens than what Morata or Giroud will bring. Mm-hmm. But he looks like he's heading towards Valencia before the window ends. So, if that goes through, then uh, they have a lot of adjustment process to go by. And also, Villian. So, there's a lot of focus on Villian being, you know, a 70-80 million player. Yeah. But, like, if you look at him, he has never a season where he has been really good. He has always been playing roles for beat for Brazil, beat for Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Already 30 as of yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, that's where the midfield has a lot of options. Now, if you look at those three, then they have Fabregas and they have Barkley and now they have Loftus-Cheek who might leave on loan at some point before 31st. Mm-hmm. So, apart from that, so that is where the problem will really lie in how they... And also Europa, like the Thursday Sunday never works well for most teams. Right, right, right. Hey, it's funny that you mentioned Loftus-Cheek because I'm just reading this tweet by Ed Malion. Uh, he's uh, the sports editor of The Independent. He says, no permanent option in Kovacic deal. Uh, so Chelsea are just developing players for Real Madrid while Loftus Cheek and Co. and Co. sit on the sidelines. Exactly. Huh. <laughs> nice, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's also got to do with the nature of how football is becoming. As such, the the managers need to deliver instant results. So because that is required, they can't really take time out. All don't have the luxury of a pep or a clock or even a poch at the moment. Definitely not at United, not at uh, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. Okay, pop quiz for you, Vaishap. Ready? Okay. How okay. many? Okay, ready? How many goalkeepers did Chelsea sign? Um, two. Very good, smart boy. <laughs> <laughs> so they signed Robert Green from Huddersfield Town. Wow, yippee doo dee doo da doo. Um, and then they signed the new world record holder for tra- most expensive goalkeeper in the world, Kepa. Arisa Balaga from Athletic Bilbao. Um, of course, uh, Thibaut Courtois has now officially left the club. Um, so uh, you've got a midfield, strong midfield with very little goals in them. And we've got uh, an oldie goalie and a freshie goalie who's cost a bomb. Uh, that's to keep out goals. <laughs> um, what do you think of this transfer business that Chelsea is doing? Of course, I, I'm not saying that it's over. 
I'm just scanning right now what's actually happening uh, on Sky Sports. Uh, who's covering? Uh, don't see anything. I don't know whether they're going to sign anyone else in terms of strikers or not. Is what you say, Saket? Uh, but what, what do you make of this Chelsea transfer business now? Bye, Shah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think uh, they definitely panic. They bought. It was a panic buy for them to buy Kepa. Okay. Let me ask you this right? question. I'll just interrupt you there. Why would it be a panic buy? They knew. They known for ages that Courtois was going to leave. Uh, but you know they at least expected him to they might might have expected him to you know stay for one more season you know because really? you know for obvious reasons yeah, like, come on <laughs> i at least i thought so well i'm not a chelsea fan or okay. chelsea board member but um yeah but you know but still there were lots of other options um you know you can really pick off you know, really good goalkeepers from the German leagues. Mm-hmm. You know, they, I can't. I'm sorry that I'm not able to remember much uh, names. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but um, uh, I it'll it's a good thing. Okay, from a Liverpool perspective, it's a good thing that they broke the uh, world record and bought a uh, keeper. Okay, granted that he's a young keeper; he's only like 23 or 24, mm-hmm. and he'll, he'll get a really like good 10 years out of him if he stays at Chelsea. But that. You know, being the world record goalkeeper, it the pressure is on him. You know, um, nobody's going to you know uh, criticize Allison if he has a bad bad day at the office because you know they can't criticize him with the price tag that he's the expensive goalkeeper in the world and he should keep out every shot that comes at his way. Mm-hmm. The pressure will more be on Kepa, and and mm-hmm. I'm like more than happy for that to happen mm-hmm. and. Um, barring Kepa and Jorginho, who have not played for Chelsea this season, mm-hmm. every big high-profile signing, so like mm-hmm. big money signings that Chelsea have signed, have flopped. That includes Torres and who else? Um, Shevchenko, um, yeah, etc. So I'm just waiting for the season to you know slowly trickle down and to watch um, these players flop. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think it's a good um, uh, transfer business for Chelsea because let's uh, you know if there was an option to buy for Kovacic, it would have been. But yeah, Chelsea have like you know yeah, uh, Chelsea are definitely going downhill in my opinion. And you know yeah, I'm more than happy to watch them go down that road. Um, okay, Sakev, how how familiar are you with Sari? Familiar as in I watched Napoli a few times. Right. Okay. Do you think Do you think he's got enough tools at his disposal uh, to to make something of this this coming season? We know that he's very he 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 believes in exciting attacking football first and foremost, uh, and he showed that Empoli and he showed that at Napoli, right? <clears throat> uh, who he stood to 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 second place uh, in the Serie A uh, last um, season. I was actually in Naples um, at this at that particular point of time when they they, they were pipped. Uh, to buy Juve and everybody was, uh, was very very sad <laughs> obviously while I was munching my pizzas you know um, but um, do you think he's got enough tools to, to make something next season? So in terms of how he operates like you must be aware of that as well so he does not really bother about transfers that mm. has been his mantra going back even at, Amp- even at Ampoli or even at Napoli wherever he is he works with what he has got yeah in terms of what he has got, he definitely has got ample quality in his squad. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, again, we're talking about Chelsea, which means we're talking about Abramovich and his itchy trigger finger. Right. 
managers that's one problem and then we're talking about he adapted to premier league so premier league is difficult in the first season for any foreign manager normally we have seen it happen yeah. in recent times yeah. massively so that is where so in terms of players he definitely has got them to improve them to like he himself told just uh, after playing leon right. just told that in 2 3 months they'll be able to play good football mm-hmm. he is a realist in that way he's going to do well for them if we given time so that's a big if so but apart from that uh, he has everything at his disposal is what i would feel okay now again the festive period as i already told before that's where he has never experienced before no foreign manager has done it it only happens in england so given he requires high intensity football so the team is going to take a while now how many will come on board with his ideas is one thing he has enough of a reputation i would assume that even people like hazard will be willing to give it a try apart from that again i would still say they may sneak to fourth because of sari all right okay okay um well actually a lot of the players are firstly they're just relieved and happy that conte is gone that's first thing william obviously is the most one of the most excited guys there david luis as well he 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 basically fell out with a lot of players uh, conte um So uh, he's going to get a lot of utility out just by shuffling players around. So Fabregas uh was doing a lot of defensive work under Conte and he's basically now going to be freed up for the more box to box role that he plays more um uh, sorry a more attacking role that he would play uh, effectively uh, uh, uh Colo Conte of course would be that box to box um uh uh guy. Uh and then of course uh William has that vote of confidence back again uh and then uh, Hazard I'm not sure what's actually happening there was lots of rumors of him being unhappy wants to leave blah 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 I don't know whether that was settled now with with this new manager or not um yeah um uh, sorry remind me again uh what what did you have your placings for Chelsea in the in the 6 both of you again I placed them last uh 6th okay Yeah, I'm expecting them to finish fourth. Yeah, fourth. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Okay, guys, um we are going to continue this, but uh, before we do that, we're just going to take a short listening break. Uh but don't go anywhere. We will be talking about uh Arsenal, uh, we'll be talking about Manchester United. Boo, and we'll be talking about ourselves, of course. So, we'll be right back. Well, when we spoke to Jose Mourinho a little earlier on, he told us that he wasn't confident about the possibility of bringing in another signing before the deadline shut. However, we have been told in the last 10 minutes or so that there has been contact between Manchester United and Atletico Madrid about centre-half Diego Godin. Now, he's a 32-year-old Uruguayan, very experienced. He's played in three World Cups could be available relatively cheaply compared to some of the prices that have been talked about uh, for other defenders as well so we're trying to get more confirmation and trying to firm that one up for you uh, but as we understand it we are hearing uh, that Manchester United are looking towards Atletico Madrid for Diego Godin to fill that centre back role as i say we spoke to Mourinho a little bit earlier on is what he had to tell us about the possibility of transfers not, coming in i'm not confident and uh... the market closes today so it's time at least for me to stop thinking about uh, about the market because the market will be will be closed so i will have to to focus on 
the players I have and in relation to this first couple of of matches, maybe three matches, a couple of weeks to recover people and to prepare people better, is to focus on the players that are available. So I'm not even thinking about that list of players I gave you, Matic, uh, Valencia and so on. I focus just on on what we have and we go with everything we have to the first match. So nothing will happen in or out today? The information I have is no. To focus on, to focus on, to focus, to focus on, to focus on, to focus, to focus on. Isn't it great to see the house of Manchester United burn? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, get this. Get this. I uh, just read this on Sky Sports, okay? Um, interesting. Godon's agent was actually the one who approached Manchester United this week, saying the player was keen to come to Old Trafford and a deal could be done. Uh, it's the information that United made an offer for the agent to take to the Atletico board and within hours... Godon signed a new contract on improved terms at Atletico Madrid, earning him 7.5 million euros net per year. Uh, Mourinho apparently would have been keen to sign Godon. Of course he was keen because no one else wants to sign for him. But he believes the desire on the agent's part was always to leverage the situation to get a new contract for his client. <laughs> Interesting, huh? <laughs> Just basically getting screwed, yeah? Basically getting screwed, yeah? <laughs> Yeah, everyone's playing Man United now. It's like, you know, they've been they've been linked to a string of central defenders and one by one you could put an X next to them. Boateng was the one before this, wasn't he? Yeah. I think Boateng was more cruel. Yeah. He basically said, I don't want to play for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean... <laughs> Gosh. And uh, don't forget, okay, um, uh, uh, it's all gone, all gone very quiet on Toby Alderweireld as well. I mean, we talked about that him earlier. Uh, and Puel doesn't want to sell Harry Maguire. And if he, even if he sells Harry Maguire, he'll, you know, he'll probably go for like 100 million pounds or something. Like That's a ridiculous amount. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, how happy are you uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, Sake, to see Manchester United imploding this way? So, it involves both United as well as when Mourinho imploding. It's a double bonus, I guess, for most Liverpool fans. <laughs> Year three, right? Year three. Let's not forget that, huh? And so, actually, I see them in a going in cycle which we went through in various mm. stages. We think in this year we're going to be back. We struggle with signings. We failed to replace this. Dissent with the board, the manager. Yeah. Somebody's fighting for the good of the club, but most people aren't. And every season. So, they haven't won the league in a while now. It's becoming like five, six years now. And it's. It's happening. The whatever we went through, it's almost like they are going through it now. Right, right. Um, Vaishak, they didn't really have a very good preseason. I mean, uh, Sour Mourinho again coming up to free, saying really very weird things that are uh, very divisive. Uh, and then that, that whole story with Anthony Martial and then uh, this whole thing with Pogba and his, and his fat agent, right? Um, so... It's just, it's just, it's just a storm and malcontent and discontent 
that's 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 Manchester United. Hey, I I don't mind watching all of this. I've got you know I've got my popcorns and you know uh, watching all of this this unfold. <laughs> couple of beers maybe. <laughs> Uh, on this uh, on the show before this, I mean, we, we when I did the the show with Kriti, uh looking at back at the the Torino game that we played against Torino, right? Um, and we've been, of the top six, we've actually played the most number of preseason games, and that's followed then by Manchester United, one game less, I think, one game or two games less than us. Um, and they they had pretty dodgy uh, dodgy results, and of course we whacked them as well. Um, and mm-hmm. again, uh, Jose mourning mourning away that you know um, we, we played a team of young. Uh, they, he played a team of youngsters against us, and and that was factually incorrect as well. The average age of the team that he sent out was actually one year older than the team that we had out. This guy is just talking nonsense, you know. He keeps he's just basically full of deflection, and just keeps continue to do all of this. Okay, now let's try. As, as best as possible to put our bias aside as impossible as it seems and look past all this whinging that Jose always does and assess where they are. Uh, they, they've got in, uh, they signed in Lee Grant, uh, the goalkeeper from Stoke. Okay. Uh, they've signed Fred. You know Fred? Yeah. yeah. As in you know, the Flintstone, right? Oh, sorry, yeah, from Shakhtar Donetsk. Yeah, Fred. They've got Diego Dalo. Diego, 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 Diego Dalo from Porto as well. Um, enough? Or not? What's going to happen? Are they really going to struggle? Go ahead. Yep. Anyone? Vaishok? Okay. Um, yeah, they will struggle. Uh, they have not signed anyone of proper importance, which, you know, pushes them to the next level or so, if you may say. I mean, like, they signed Fred, okay. But is he really good enough? He plays in the... Uh, he play, used to play in the Shakhtar, you know, not Shakhtar League, the Ukrainian League mm-hmm. for Shakhtar. And, you know, he's having player disputes with Martial and Pogba. Like, you know, he's not improving plays. That's, you know, the most glaring thing that, you know, any <clears throat> rival fan uh, uh, sees, uh, sees you know, on them. Like, you know, uh, at first, you know, he bought Bailey. And then, you know, then last year he bought Lindelof. And this year he's like trying to sign another centre half without actually trying to improve the player. That's what mm. a coach should do, you know basically improve a player and which you know in terms improves the entire team but uh, Mourinho is not doing that and you know with all all kinds of you know negative aspects that's around him and the kind of football that he's playing mm-hmm. uh, every player that United uh, is being linked with is you know categorically rejecting them or like playing them you know uh, to get a better uh, contract at their current clubs, which is what Godin just did, and you know, even Boateng, who Bayern doesn't want him because of his injury list, and you know, even he is rejecting, you know, United <laughs> because and <laughs> for the sole reason 
that Mourinho is at the helm. I think if uh, a different manager came at United, let's say if Sari had gone to United, mm-hmm. maybe they would have done a better transfer business than you know uh, which they have done currently. And all the while, I'm you know more than happy to watch them. You know, implode. It's like two of the things that I hate have come together in United and Jose Mourinho, <laughs> and both of them are like you know. <clears throat> Ah, going down the drain at the same time. So, yeah, it's a happy time for, you know, to be a Liverpool supporter. <laughs> okay, here's, uh, here's a little bit by Andy Hinchcliffe, uh, who criticizes Manchester United's late, late search for a central uh, defender. Uh, have a listen to this one. More about desperation now, about getting these players in. Unless they've been in the pipeline, they've been thinking about trying to sign these players two, three months ago. But it's all coming to a head now with the clock ticking. They're desperately in need of a centre-half. That's what Mourinho wants now. Then suddenly, they're scrabbling around and they might have to pay top dollar for a player maybe who isn't worth it. Harry Maguire, I can't see being worth it, talking maybe 70, 80 million pounds. Now, he's decent, but to me, that's paying over the odds for him as well. Gudin, who was fantastic in the World Cup, has been fantastic for many years. It seems a bit, well, we can't get anybody else. Let's just try and get somebody in. And it seems that they're trying any number of centre-halves just to bring somebody in. But surely they, the planning must have been there two or three months ago. They knew that they needed somebody. Why has it got to this stage? when they're desperately looking around now to sign anybody at centre-half who's better than they've got. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sakith, why are they so desperate? Why are they in this situation? I mean, they've, they've obviously got a lot of money. Um, they can throw whatever amounts, uh, you know, ridiculous amount of sums says like Manchester City could do uh, to sign anyone. Um, why, are they, why are they struggling like this? So it's more got it's more got to do more with you know the durability of the defender something when we know pretty well like Van Dijk we have struggled so even so their best defender easily is Bai and he is injury prone mm-hmm. and so Mourinho is still not happy with the defense how they go about things and probably Matic out for a few weeks so he has always so none of probably Smalling Royo none of them come up to the mark. Mm-hmm. When you look at Mourinho's defenders at Chelsea, at Inter, even at Madrid, he had like terrific centre-backs. Mm-hmm. So, he could never replicate and also, this also creates a more negative mentality for him because as much as United were, uh, you know, under Ferguson, mm-hmm. it was a good counter-attacking side. As in, even as a rival fan, you could say that, you know, you could watch them play at Old Trafford. Something which has not been there and so, he is going for more centre-backs because he wants this defence security first, despite having arguably the best goalkeeper there is. Allison is close now, but still. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, do you think that it's Jose himself that's causing this situation? I think definitely it has to be him because if we look at the squad that is still good enough to mount a title challenge. We just look at the squad, the quality they've got. Maybe they're missing a yeah, right-sided player, an attacking right-sided player. But apart from that, they definitely have they definitely have stars, mm-hmm. and that is good. And with their pedigree, they should be fighting for title, which I thought they would do when before the preseason started. Mm-hmm. But with things are going, and also uh, I think apart from us, all even maybe Arsenal, all other teams have struggled with the early deadline. They failed to get you know transfer the line, so now. They're linked with all different things. Zuma from Chelsea, they're linked with, they were even linked with Yerimina a few days back, mm. who's definitely not in any position to play for a top six club. Okay, so we know his this outburst, right? It's all very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Three seasons. So, this is third season. 
Chelsea, Inter Milan, Real Madrid, Chelsea again, and then now again, preseason drama. I don't know what problem he's having with Woodward, or if there is a problem at all. Um, it seems sometimes almost he wants to get relieved of his duties. He wants to get sacked. I don't know. Does that make sense to you? Weird. Yeah, like, you know, if he gets sacked in the middle of the season or, you know, um, earlier in the season, he can, you know, <laughs> play the blame game again and, you know, tell the media that, you know, had had he not been sacked, he would have, you know, done a good job. <laughs> I guess, you know, he's trying to dig his own grave. He's trying to, you know, make his own coffin so that, you know, he gets out from there and, you know, maybe go somewhere else. Probably PSG, you know, because that, I think is the most likely destination for him now, you know, after United because, you know, let's all be honest United is not going to win the league as long as they're City and, you know, as now, you know, now that Liverpool is also on par with City, so I don't think, you know, you, and uh, if you guys remember uh, United appointed him because, you know, he, uh, he convinced the United board that he could stop Pep Guardiola and he really hasn't done anything to stop him, and he's definitely not going to stop him, uh, Pep again. So yeah, I think that was the sole reason why United, you know, appointed him because of his past with Pep Guardiola and his teams, and you know he's not even able to do anything much uh, right now. You know, not even mount a serious title challenge, and he's literally breaking the squad apart. So. Yeah, that's a bummer for United to have right now. Um, of course, the other thing is that they just play such drab, boring football. It's oh my God, it's just such a chore to watch them. I mean, he 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 put it right. He said it right himself during preseason, right? Against uh, when we after they played against us and they and they got beat. Uh, and he said, you know, he said he doesn't know why anybody would pay to watch, right? He's he's absolutely nailed it, nailed it right there. I mean, why would anyone pay to watch them? They pay to watch us. <laughs> no wonder most of the stadium and uh, Liverpool fans. Sorry. No wonder most of the stadium is filled with our fans. Yeah, well, at least that's that's the impression that I I, I got anyway. <laughs> um, it's just so it's just so sad it's so sad uh, okay guys uh, what, uh, where do you get, have them placed again sorry Vaisha where do you have uh, United placed uh, fifth fifth okay uh, Saget yeah me too fifth okay okay um, let's move on uh, let's talk about um, Arsenal uh, another another team that has a new uh, manager um, of course, uh, after 22 years in charge, uh, Arsene Wenger is no longer Arsenal manager. Uh, it's now uh, Unai uh, Emery. Okay, um, they've got some some incomings. Uh, last season, of course, they finished uh, sixth. Uh, they've got Stefan uh, Licksteiner um, from uh, Juve. Uh, he's a d- defender, isn't he? Stefan Licksteiner. Oh, <clears throat> um, yeah, he's a fullback. As a fullback, yeah, okay. Um, and I believe he's also like, what, 50 years old or something like this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm just kidding, he's 34 years old, okay. Uh, and he looks like Ronaldo's father, I think. Uh, um, he, they also signed a new goalie, Bernd Leno, from uh, Leverkusen. 
Uh, they've signed another defender, Socrates Papastopoulos from uh, Dortmund. Uh, uh, Lucas Torreira from Sampdoria, Matteo Guendosi from Lorient. So, fair bit of incoming. None of those names, maybe a bit with Bert Leno, but none of those names look like, you know, to be tickling any fancies. What do you think of Arsenal's business so far? Uh, Saketh. Also, Emery has a particular style of working. Like he does not want to get involved in transfers normally. He has some preferred players like Papastopoulos, whom they got. Mm-hmm. The most important thing for Arsenal is they have been setting this system up for Wenger to leave for a while. Mm-hmm. They got missing that from Dortmund, who is created with getting all those hidden gems like Lewandowski, Kagawa, and that point of time. Mm-hmm. And they also got a new person to take care of contracts, and they got several. Uh, the boardroom is now different. The management, top management. Mm-hmm. So, they're going to execute the plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, looking at Arsenal, over the last years of Wenger was more like the players ne- did not have it in them to go an extra mile. Right. They, they like, you know, they had quality, which is why they won some games, they thrashed even teams, they even thrashed teams. Right. But they never could go the extra mile for their manager. Maybe that's where they got stale or stagnant with the words being used every time. Right. So, Emery has been working with them. Luca Toria is actually a pretty highly rated uh, prospect. Right. for Sampdoria last season. Mm-hmm. To become a proper player for them, holding maybe he might replace Jaka if uh, Ramsey is the one who is partnering him in midfield. Mm-hmm. So, Wilshire is not going to affect them given he has not contributed that much to them in the recent years with his injuries and loans to Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. So, apart from that, the defence still remains shaky. So, Bern Leno is known to have one or two mistakes in him, which we all know how that is for goalkeepers and defences. Mm-hmm. So even defense, so Koscielny is aging. He is probably still their best defender, even despite all the players they've got in centre back. Mm-hmm. Not getting any younger, and Kolesnas is out for a while now. So that makes them again. How do they figure out Ozil? So Ozil has always been terrific for Germany because he plays number ten role, which he never did at Arsenal. He's always on the wings. Yeah, yeah. But in Aubameyang, one of the best strikers there is around. So they have goals. It's about figuring it out and the Europa League. Okay, so so what you what you're trying to say is that okay, basically league, forget it. Uh, they should try and try and make something of their their time in, in the Europa League and, and see how how far they can get there. So I, yeah. So what I am thinking is uh, actually they're an unknown entity because seeing Wenger for so long, they suddenly knew. Mm-hmm. In terms of in Emery is new, their whole squad. Could have an extra bite and maybe the extra fight. And they play City and Chelsea in the first two games. So we'll yeah. get to see. Easily they had the better preseason than City and Chelsea in terms of personnel. Yeah. They had their players with them. That'll be a good test. So maybe if they pick two sneaky wins or however they win those two games, it's going to set them up well. Right. It'll be interesting to watch what they do. Well, um, we know that. Uh, Emery, he, he's he's one of those innovators, isn't he? In, in uh, you know, he's very much into technical analysis, video analysis, yeah, um, videos. all these kinds of stuff. Yeah, like Pep Guardiola, or even you know, it, 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 to a certain degree, Klopp as well. Um, in terms of formation, very very similar to Wenger actually, four two three one, four three three. So it's quite similar there. So I don't think the guys at Arsenal are going to be too too caught unawares of 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 that. Um, the only maybe difference is that. Um, he demands that pressing game, <clears throat> uh, high press game, 
uh, from his teams. So that's that's the thing that where that that that, uh, that Arsenal will have to 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 to, to look out for. Uh, he sorted out his defense in a way well, with that Socrates chap and with the Lichtensteiner guy, and of course with the new uh, goalie. Um, goals wise, up front, you think um, Lacazette is going to do the business? Aubameyang. Um, yeah, I think so. You know, let's be honest. Like you know, Arsenal never really lagged any attacking quality over the past years, and you know they now have um, uh, like I said, and Aubameyang, and goals will definitely flow. And you know, if um, both of them receive the right kind of service from you know the midfield, uh, particularly Mkhitaryan and you know Torreira, maybe you know they'll flourish. You know, and Ozil. You know, let's not forget Ozil. So if uh, those two are provided with the right kind of service. They'll definitely bang in goals, and you know, uh, will that'll definitely be a big help for them to you know um, win their games. And you know, um, but it's at the defensive side that I'm a little bit concerned. You know, Socrates was like part of a Dortmund backline that mm. had dodgy seasons um, during the last, let's say, couple of seasons or so, and. Mm-hmm. You will let go of Lichtsteiner and, you know, UA, you know, it's a, UA is a bigger club, all right, <laughs> than Arsenal. And, you know, they'll not let go of any quality players unless they don't have any need for them. Mm-hmm. So those are the two areas that I'm concerned with, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, two signings that I'm concerned with. But in regard to their attacking prowess, they are like as good as, you know, Mm, yeah, the best teams in the league, you know, right. Liverpool <laughs> right, right. and City. So, uh, yeah, I think they won't have a problem with that. It's just, you know, um, those, you know, in the defensive area that they will find it hard to cope with, you know. Mm. And like Saket said, we'll find that in the, you know, in their opening games and how, you know, they perform well or not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking about uh, Özil, of course, you know that uh, he has no lo- he's no longer attached to the German national team after all the uh, the racist thing that's been done. Said <clears throat> so he left in a half there, so he can just focus on the Gunners right now. And I don't know whether he he's gonna come back with an attitude to prove something or not. He was very heavily criticised, uh, and to be quite honest with you, I think rightly so. But this is a Germany team that that basically made a lot of mistakes and leaving out certain players as well. Sane, for example, not taking Sane in. Um, other than that, um, do you think they look well balanced enough? Uh, where do you guys have them on, on your on your on your prediction? Prediction sheets? Uh, the you know the great fourth sport. Uh, ahead of Chelsea. You had Chelsea in fifth, right? Or sixth, you had Chelsea in sixth. Uh, I had Chelsea in six, United in fifth, and Arsenal with their, you know, Fourth. favorite spot. Okay, uh, Saket. Yeah, I said Arsenal finished sixth. Awesome. So you had you have Chelsea finishing ahead of Arsenal. So you believe uh, Chelsea are stronger than Arsenal, uh, and Vaishak, you think Arsenal are stronger than Chelsea? Mm, yeah. Already, already. Okay. Um, we have looked at everyone, uh, and now we come to the main event. We are looking at Liverpool football. Uh, first and foremost, have Liverpool won this transfer window? Yes. Without a doubt? Yeah, totally. Without a doubt. <laughs> okay. 
second question are you happy with the uh, transfers that have come in with respect to all of the tea, all of the weaknesses that needed to be addressed so looking at the team all of the weaknesses have to be considered i would rate it as like maybe an 8 by 10 out of 8 out of 10 mm-hmm. as a window because ultimately we still uh, because we definitely improved our goalkeeper which has been like a running story for the decade yeah that never stops so and then we definitely got a defensive midfield out of nowhere mm-hmm. that was a real wow a real lift after kier mhm or Shakiri, who is already looking like much more than 13 million player and more like the player which Bayern signed. Right. So that way, and also uh, as much as we hate to hear the new signing thing, I think Klein coming back is very good. Yes, absolutely. And Sturridge coming back is really awesome. <laughs> as much as we might still experience a heartbreak, but this Sturridge definitely <clears throat> looks different, and we look like we're going to use him where he has to be used and not play him like a regular player. Yeah. So that way, but we needed that attacking midfielder, which is why Fekir was targeted in the first place. So the most differentiating aspect being he's a monster presser like Bobby. Right. So this is where you are going to differentiate from Coutinho because Coutinho, when we played him, so we are playing the front four and it was slightly lopsided. Right. He would have plucked that along with Fabinho and Ke- obviously Keita with him. Mm-hmm. So that was where we missed out a bit, but then we know Klopp is going to wait for his man. Right, right, right. And then centre back, definitely. I definitely want to see Jogo Gomez succeed. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, but then you saw already Jogo Gomez picked up a knock. He's slight, but he'll be okay for West Ham, which means we're going to see a revolving chain of defenders beside Van Dyke. Yeah. Who I'm touching wood right now that who is going to stay fit through the season. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, Vaisha. Uh, first question, um, you can answer quite simply. Uh, score 1 to 10, how would you create Liverpool's transfer window? Eight. Eight. Okay. Now, next question. If you could choose only one, you can only choose only one. Who? Uh, what position would you choose and why? Your choice. A new centre back and a new number 10. Choose one and why? A new number 10 because... Mm-hmm. Um, Ox is injured most of the season, you know, I hope he'll really get back by November or December, you know, wishful thinking, but uh, that's one area of the field that, you know, we wanted to improve, you know, because, you know, we don't need to replace Coutinho like by like, but we need to replace his skills like by like, you know, those, you know, edgy through balls, those, you know, deft chips, you know, onto our attackers, you know, those line splitting passes, you know, I mean, we do have players, you know, who can make those passes, you know, but uh, we really need needed that. Like, Fakir would have been the icing on the cake, you know, for our transfer window. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, but let's see what Klopp has in mind. Klopp waited like six months for Van Dyke. Klopp mm-hmm. wants the right guy. Klopp will definitely get the right guy. Mm-hmm. So now we'll see what happens. I mean, that's the only area that I think uh, we needed to improve because we already have like five centre backs, and and you know like uh, it's good over there now that Allison is uh, in goal. Our centre backs will perform with much more confidence, and that will improve their game. Knowing that you know they got a world class quality goalkeeper you know guarding the sticks so it's in the attacking midfield area a number 10 that you know i wish we had bought and i wish you know we will buy you know in 
maybe you know <laughs> hopefully before the transfer window shuts which yeah but yeah that's just wishful thinking but yeah i think we'll buy an attacking midfielder not you know maybe in that uh, january transfer window or maybe next season mm-hmm. but yeah that, that is where i think you know we could have you know bought someone to you know bring that extra flair to our side Okay, uh, so there's two points to this I want to make. Uh, firstly, um, from a from physical from a physical uh, squad number assignment perspective, we have a new number ten, and that's Sadio Mane. But he's not the number ten <laughs> that we want. The Sadio Mane, the, the the Sadio Mane that we deserve, but uh, the one that we have right now, I don't know how you want to couch that. Okay, fine. So he's the so-called the number ten. Now, with regards to the deft touches and chips and all these kinds of things, right? I have seen one guy who has been actually been doing it in preseason, and his name is Jadon Shakiri. I've seen it three times, three times, four times. He's been doing. He's been doing all of that. What he just said, you would expect a Coutinho type player to do. He's been doing it. Yeah. Right. Correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. Shakiri has been on it, but again we have seen him only on substitute roles, and maybe he'll work his way into it. He definitely had the quality once. He definitely was called as the Alpine Messi for some reason, and we are gathering all sorts of Messis in our team. Alpine Messi, what else? Who else? Yeah. So we have maybe the Senegalese Messi. Senegalese. <laughs> gathering Messis left, right, center. So Shakiri has been doing it, but again, if we consider Shakiri for the number ten role, we are again short of wide options. The thing with like how Vaishak told, if Ox would have been there, we'd have still been fine because yeah. we can play both in the side. If Shakiri is playing there, we again don't want to see Lallana play in the front three again. First mm. thing. Yeah. <laughs> we saw it in Champions League final in pre-season that just does not suit him anymore, and is now on is a thirty. Yeah. So that lack of that extra player, maybe even Curtis Jones, we have players to play through the middle, yeah. but we don't have someone who will go out there wide and do it. Yeah, Harry Wilson has been loaned out. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my perspective, and this has been quite consistent since um, for since for some time, is that actually we didn't, we don't really need uh, that ten. Uh, of course, it's nice to have. So my, I pose that question back to myself. My choice between a centre back, a new centre back, and a, and a and a ten. My choice would actually be the centre back. Uh, we don't need the ten because, uh, firstly, we've got we've got players who can play in multiple roles, uh, and I think we do very well interchanging uh, attacking roles, <clears throat> uh, and so that we're, we're very good in, with that perspective. So I don't think we need that that so-called creativity in that in that regard. But we have creativity with regards to the spe- uh, speed and interchange of play. I think that subs- that is enough uh, to to make up for that ten gap. Uh, plus the fact that we've got Shakiri uh, and, uh, and 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 Starridge as well, uh, who's his 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 back, and he's he's shown some creativity there as well. So I think we have enough in that department. Why is he centre back? Is for a very simple reason. Okay, um, the guy that's always on there is Virgil Van Dijk, so he's there. He's he's always starts. He's like you know the second best defender in the world, paired with the world's best defender, which is Dejan Lovren. But Dejan Lovren um, has shown at times uh, to be susceptible to injuries as well. So he he sometimes there are some t- uh, downtimes that he has. Okay, Matip. Now, this is the guy that I need to start figuring out because you know he came in 
with all of this uh, good CV and all of that, and he didn't really have a great season last year, uh, last uh, last uh, last season, uh, and he's also uh, has a lot of physical issues, uh, injury issues. Um, so he needs to come back to some form of contention. And I've been saying that after uh, VVD and the world's best defender, the the gap, the, the 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 quality gap is just getting wider and wider. So then there's a quality gap from 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 uh, Lovren, uh, then to to Matip, and then from Matip, the gap then is wow. There's a huge gap there. Um, who do you want to place there? You could say Clavin, or you could say Joe Gomez. If you say Clavin, Clavin also has some injury issues uh, last season. Uh, couldn't play a couple of games. I'm not sure how much of that is uh, resolved. Again, it's Ragnar Clavin, you know. Uh, uh, right, let's be real here. And then you've got Joe Gomez. And uh, Joe Gomez, uh, I like Joe Gomez. A lot of people like Joe Gomez. But let's be honest, Joe Gomez has shown throughout his career to have um, attention issues, concentration issues. So it's, it's plagued him since academy days to now. To, to, to now. So that's why I felt that, you know, if a guy like Godan was available at this kind of price, of course, we now know that it's all angling for a renewal of his contract at Madrid, uh, Atletico Madrid. But uh, something like that, you know, if you could get in, maybe that would have helped. Uh, but that was that's really my only thing, and that's really for me splitting hairs. Um, we've got Becker, Ellison uh, Becker in Kaita. Kaita's looked really good. He's got a good connection with Sturridge. Uh, in fact, Sturridge has got a good connection with Shakiri. You know, um, uh, and then you've got one more guy who does not seem to have had that great a preseason so far. If you believe social media, Fabinho. What's your what's your perspective for Fabinho, Vaisha? Um, yeah, that's, you know, people really tend to jump the gun in social media and, you know, he, okay, he missed a penalty against Torino, but he does the job well. He's a defensive midfielder. He does his duties well. He um, goes in for tackles. He intercepts balls. He, you know, wins headers. That is what a proper DM should do, you know, play the game without much attention and, you know, he does not do, you know, does not take part in much rash tackles too. You know, he reads the game very well and, you know, I I was really impressed that we actually got him and, you know, uh, nobody else went for him. But, you know, yeah, maybe United went for him, but that's a different story. He would want to play for United. But we got him. Fabinho is like a really good player and... That is the defensive mid that we have been craving for quite a long time, and we finally got him. He doesn't. He does not need to chip in with goals because you know, as name suggests, he is a defensive midfielder, mm -hmm. and what he needs to do is break up plays and you know, um, uh, shift the ball from the defense onto the you know our attacking mids, and he does that really well. And I I watched the Torino game, and apart from the penalty miss, you can't really blame him for a penalty miss. Mm -hmm. uh, he was really excellent, and you know he'll be really big signing for us uh, in this season. I mean, with him along with him and Keita, uh, those are the two players that I'm really um, you know impressed and really um, you know looking forward to play for us this season. Right, right, right. I uh, just saw something pop out on uh, Sky Sports. Let me play this. I'm not sure what um, 
<laughs> Liverpool players are out training. Well, what I can tell you is that not amongst the Liverpool players out there at the moment is Danny Ings, who's been left to be able to try and sort out a move away from Liverpool. We know that there's been links with Crystal Palace. We know that there have been links with Southampton. We were told that Southampton aren't in for him. It looks as though the interest from Crystal Palace has cooled as well. Certainly no firm bids, but still working on trying to get Danny Ings that move away. He obviously wants to move for first-team football. He will be allowed to leave Liverpool Football Club as well. As, it, as regards incomings, well, we know it's going to be a pretty quiet day. Liverpool getting so much of their business done earlier in, the, in this transfer window. We have spoken to Fabinho in the last hour, though, as well. He says the fact that Liverpool aren't likely to sign anyone on deadline day doesn't weaken them in any way he believes that the squad is pretty strong to really challenge Manchester City this season he's been talking up Liverpool's chances somewhat also been having a laugh about the chats he's been having with Bernardo Silva says he wishes him well for the season but obviously not Manchester City he's also been joking about Kylian Mbappe possibly becoming a Liverpool player in the future he's been in touch with him says you know he's not necessarily trying to persuade him at the moment he says Mbappe's happy at PSG but who knows in the future as it stands though Liverpool unlikely to bring in anyone on deadline day but possibilities of outgoing still as I say Danny Ings working on a possible move away okay so uh, it's wetting my appetite with mentioning uh, Kylian Mbappe there <laughs> nice one there but okay fine uh, now we know this thing about um, uh, Danny Ings um, I actually put out a tweet um, earlier uh, and I said that I am not surprised that um, finding it difficult to push um, Danny Ings out for £20 million pounds, uh, because uh, it's a tremendous risk for any club uh, to sign a player who suffered two serious knee injuries, has only four goals, one assist, and only made 25 appearances since the 15-16 season. <laughs> and as much as we, 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 we fuss about this thing with Fakir and his knee, um, at least this guy has gone on and, and, and has got, had a good season uh, at, at Lyon. Uh, and then you compare that with 20 million pounds for Ingzi. Are you surprised? Yes? Uh, I am definitely not as in the going rate. We sold Danny Ward for 12 million. So, yeah. Edward is a god or whatever. But yeah, he couldn't get a third choice keeper to go. So yeah, the, you made a right point regarding the injury history of Ings. So even Jay Rodriguez, who also suffered a major injury, is going for an ask of 20 million. So I think 20 million is like the new 8 or 10 million in the market anyway. Mm-hmm. Especially talking about a striker and a British striker, and we know how a British premium works. Yeah. So that way, 20 million is good, and we have been getting good fees out in recent years. Like Clock told recently that you know we are not here to strengthen any other team. They'll go for the right price, or they're not going anywhere. Um, Vaishak. How much of this t- price tag, this twenty million price tag, is a either a dis- do you think is either a, doing a disservice to Danny Ings because Danny Ings actually wants to go move on and play uh, regular football because he knows that his time will be limited uh, in the team. So how much of this twenty million price tag is a disservice to him, and how much do you think it's reflective of Klopp's lack of desire to actually let him go? Um, yeah, I'm like really disappointed in you know Klopp uh, trying to let him go because um, I for one uh, you know is it is an admirer let's say an admirer of him I want him to you know succeed at 
Liverpool. But as far as things stand, it's not going to break into the first team. And I won't be, you know, uh, really um, sad if, uh, you know, he does not find a new club. You know, we can use him in the cup games. That will be, you know, he'll get a good run in that. And yeah, the 20 million price tag is a bit uh, much uh, for him right now. But let's say, you know, uh, he does not get sold. We can give him a run in the cup games. And then, you know, we can still, you know, put the 20 million price tag on him. So, after that, maybe, you know, after a good season with us, uh, you know, in the cup games, you know, he'll definitely find uh, suitable buyers next season. But right now, 20 million is too big a risk of him. And, you know, Klopp really is not trying to keep him at the club. You know, he can at least send him out on loan. Right. You know, that will be a good good option. But he's not even doing that. So, I think um, what Klopp, you know, Klopp, does not slate any players publicly, you know. He's on good terms with all our squad. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he wants uh, the best for Ings. And, you know, he's hoping maybe if he gets a good club, you know, he, he can go. So, but, yeah, the 20 million price tag, maybe if it was like for 10, 12 million or so, um, maybe one of the clubs might have snapped him out. But, yeah, but, you know, I'm like happy if he stays with us for one more season, you know, maybe he can chip in with those odd goals, you know, <laughs> which may win or something. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, the thing with Ings is um, he's probably the only, the only guy who goes on to a team in England. Uh, and then, then probably that's that's the the rush now because obviously the the, the transfer window closes. Because the rest of the other guys, uh, Grichik, uh, for example, there was some mention about some loan to Cardiff, and that kind of fell through. Uh, I think Grichik also probably wants to stay and try and fight his way to see if he can uh, get into the starting uh, eleven. Um, uh, Markovic, remember Markovic? Oh my God, um, that's another guy. It's a big. Um, uh, uh, question mark. Um, uh, Origi. Um, Origi, that's another one. Uh, I. Th what, what, what's your thoughts on Origi, guys? Do you think he's done enough or you think it's time that he goes? Mm, yeah, it's... Um, right, sorry? All right, go ahead. Yeah, so I... Sorry, I didn't speak. Shit. Why go ahead? Anyone, guys. <laughs> Any one of you. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> oh, we sent him on loan last season. I think it was at Werder Bremen. And, you know, he really did not impress at Werder Bremen, you know. And I think, you know, uh, uh, it's time for us to, you know, let him go. And it's time for him to move on. Because, you know, I was, uh, I remember seeing Origi at the 2014 World Cup coming on as a substitute for Belgium and he was like really fast, like this pacey, you know, uh, of, uh, forward, which, you know, who could, you know, run in behind the back line and all. But over the years and especially since, you know, that injury he suffered against Everton, um, you know, in our league win, uh, he has not been the same um, player and, you know, he's lost a bit of space. And I think it's better for both parties for him to move on. He really, you know, maybe, uh, let's say, back to uh, Germany or maybe, you know, in the Turkish league, Fenerbahce or Besiktas probably, mm -hmm. you know, would really love to acquire him. So, I guess, you know, the sooner he leaves, the better he can, you know, uh, revive his career. <coughs> okay. Um, yeah, sorry. Saketh, yeah. The loan. Yeah, go ahead. 
way. Yeah, he was on on loan at Wolfsburg. Yeah, yeah. You think he's 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 he hasn't he should he he's done right. He's he doesn't he's not really good enough for for LFC. So he, the way he has been playing in pre-season definitely suggests he's done. Mm-hmm. As in the pre-seasons are are pretty important for Klopp. Maybe not for the previous managers in terms of what we see. Klopp yeah. likes a lot of pre-season friendly. He likes to his squad. Yeah. So when he has, he has got his opportunities and he has never sorry just taken them. Look at how Curtis Jones has taken them. Yeah. And even Wijnaldum has missed time, but he came back, and now he may be a good option for the Everton role eventually. But they're taking those chances because, like Henderson has been telling recently, mm-hmm. there's a lot of competition for places. Yeah. And Origi does not look like someone who wants to continue here or you know wants to fight for that. Yeah. But of course, uh, these guys will be moving into other other leagues. So uh, Grujic. Uh, Origi and well as Markovic, uh, not, I'm not sure who any I knew if anyone wants to buy Markovic or not. Um, <laughs> you know they the, that that window still is still open and uh, they can still move uh, up to the, the 31st of August. So I think um, at least two of them may go. I think Richik probably may stay, um, w- uh, which is okay. It kind of it kind of um, it kind of works out actually because we need. I don't mind if if Kuchik stays. We probably need that extra body in in midfield anyway uh, as an option, uh, right? Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, Salah. Um, do you think he's going to uh, emulate his heroics from last season? Definitely, one hundred percent. Really? Okay, good. Saket. Yeah, so from whatever you're seeing, so it is not a one. He's not a one-season wonder. Whatever goals he has scored, the positions he keeps occupying in games. Yeah, it's well you can see that it's all as part of the team plays, and nothing. In fact, if anything, he has more creativity from midfield to support him. Yeah, he might get 44 goals at the end of the season, but that does not mean he's going to end up at 10-12. He's definitely going to bang them in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he's just look. He's just carried over that form, isn't he, from last uh, last season? Even in Egypt, I mean, as shit as Egypt were. Uh, he still scored some goals. Uh, he's recovered. His shoulder is 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 okay now, um, and preseason again he's been he's been uh, banging them in. Uh, okay, then uh, uh, Bobby, uh, Bobby scored all three. All three of our t- attacking trio scored. Uh, Mane has scored in preseason. Salah has scored in preseason, and now Bobby has scored in preseason. And I said in the previous show, Liverpool is a Liverpool without Bobby, right? So <laughs> everybody loves Bobby, <laughs> um, and uh, he's this awesome, awesome guy. Um, and he scored as well, uh, despite just recently just coming back. Um, so all of our our, our existing uh, terror trio have have scored. Uh, then of course Kaita is also I think scored at least one uh, at least one one goal. Uh, Shakiri has also scored. Uh, Daniel Sturridge has scored how many goals? Four goals? Is it? Uh, yeah, I think he's the top scorer for us. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, and we're getting goals coming in from everywhere. Um, it, it looks good attacking wise with. with, with I mean, we were good before, but it looks like you're even stronger now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... The second go ahead. Yeah, so looking at the way... Still remember the way Mane and Salah came back in pre-season and then, then the, the way they played like they never were away. I mean, like that just shows how strong that 
as in the team as such as Klopp keeps emphasizing on how the team has to play and everyone now is you know taking up whatever he is saying right so when he combines you can always see no matter who all plays where everybody knows their role everyone knows how the team plays forward and positive so they keep doing that right right well um okay we're going to wrap up uh, in a moment um i guess one of the things i guess we need to do okay last season uh we scored 84 goals okay uh and that was only second to to city who scored 106 goals okay um but the problem was not the goals scored actually the problem was was the draws um we drew 12 we drew 12 uh and we drew twice against teams like west brom who were relegated okay uh, and and in all those games we were coming into those games actually favorites to win so i think that's what needs to change we need to change those draws to wins that's that's all so if we can do that then then we can say okay credible challenge right definitely so that also when we're talking about you know these draws to wins mm-hmm. that is because Fordham got stressed a lot towards end of last season yeah. where they started prioritizing the champions league yeah so hopefully that will not be a problem this season and also just one uh, thing so we're talking about a lot about Mourinho's third season yeah. you're forgetting Klopp's third season at his clubs because the third season at Mainz where it brought them from second division to the first division yeah. plus the season at Dortmund where he won the league So yeah, that's a bit of luck. His third season with the squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um okay guys, uh we're going to wrap up the show. Can you give me your predictions for the weekend then? Uh Liverpool against uh West Ham, your scoreline. Uh Vaishak. A comfortable 4-0 win. 4-0. Okay, nice. Okay. Second. Can go with Steven Salah hat trick. to begin things. <laughs> That's no. Nice. <laughs> hey, don't forget uh, uh West Ham are now managed by Mauricio Pellegrino. Pellegrini. And he's actually um he they've actually signed some good players as well, I think. Yeah, yeah indeed like uh who else like um yeah, I keep forgetting their names. Yeah. <laughs> Fabianski yeah. and uh, uh Lucas Perez. That was the new player. Uh Perez, yeah. Lucas Perez. Perez. Um, I mean it's Yeah, like uh, it's like West Ham and Wolves. They are the clubs who's like doing, you know, buying every player they see. You know, right. <laughs> it's like they <laughs> they like crave for players. Like you know, uh, well, oh, vampire craves for blood. Like it's been like that. So you know, I was actually you know um, kind of um, kind of cautious you now that we are playing West Ham. Yeah. But um, that many players that I bought, it'll take them. quite some time to you know gel them all together and you know make them play together as a team as a unit so i think you know in 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 respect to that is why i you know i said we'll win 4-0 awesome also, yeah, yeah yeah go ahead yep yeah. and also for all the signings they've bought a lot of attackers but they're not staying in the central midfield and they sold koyate to crystal palace mm-hmm. so they don't have the midfield midfield Like you know how much you can trust him, so I think our press is going to get ahead of him pretty well. 
All right, guys. Uh, I have to end the show. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Um, all excitement, and I said as I started the show, all expectation uh, is on Liverpool to have a great season with such a but winning the so-called performance transfer window. Um, thank you very much for joining me, and thank you very much, listeners, uh, for tuning in to us. Um, hope you have a great season. Up the red man. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Right. Bye. Live to shoot another day. <laughs>